Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, and today... I am so happy to have a man. I should have asked before we started how to pronounce his last name, Mr. Oh. Paul Schiffenbauer Jr. Schiffenbauer, people do that all the time. It's Schiffbauer Jr. It's a German name. People get the typically the spelling wrong all the time. The C is silent. I have two Fs. It's Bauer, B-A-U-E-R versus Bauer, B-O-W-E-R, which most people think. It was very hard to uh, learn and write down in grade school, just to say that. <laughs> I can only imagine how difficult your childhood had to be like, so, uh, and then you have the teachers completely mispronouncing your name. You have to learn to spell your name and it's like 12 years later, you're done. Oh yeah. Hands up. And then my middle name's a mouthful too. too. Thank goodness. My parents, <laughs> four letters for the first, that's it. They, they just started picking letters out of the, uh, out of a Scrabble bag, didn't they? Just to spell your middle name. Is that how it went? A little bit. Um, I kind of lucked out because I'm a junior. My dad was, his name's Paul Frederick Schiffbauer Sr. He was born on the Easter Sunday. But in a parallel universe, if you want to call it like the multiverse, I'm Frederick James Schiffbauer IV. That was his father, my grandfather's name. But my grandmother's like, no, we're going to name him Paul. Like, we name him Paul Frederick versus Frederick James Schiffbauer III, you know, have like a run on. So, Jesus, Jesus. All right, Paul, we're, we're talking some of your history here. And my, 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 uh, my listeners don't even know anything about you. How about you quickly introduce yourself? That's cool. Um, I'm Paul Schiffbauer. I essentially help small businesses grow money, um, or not grow money, make money, grow opportunities. That's a better way to kind of frame it. Um, own my own consultancy based digital marketing agency. Um, been doing that full-time for four years have a marketing background kind of dating back 10 years i like to say it started off helping my dad when he had a small business get a grasp of facebook as that was becoming a prominent uh, social media platform did a number of freelance one-off projects for other small businesses in my community got away from that for a little bit and started a business um, in the home furnishing space got bought out of that really now going on four four and a half years ago and then i just kind of dove into working with small businesses again and grown uh, my consulting group at this point. That's awesome. Um, Paul, I'm going to, you seem to be cutting in and out and it could be the video. Um, mm -hmm. If you're cool, you can cut off video and we can just do pure audio on this. Yeah, let's, that should help with any kind of streaming. One second. Yeah. All right, stop. Stop cam. Cool. Is that a lot better? Yeah, it seems. I, I think it's just that it could be just the weak internet, or if you're on Wi-Fi, sometimes that happens. But that's the life of a po podcasting, right? Yeah, it's never perfect. <laughs> it's never perfect. All right. So yeah. So your transition. You went from helping your 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 dad grow his business. Um, then you did your, you did some home furnishing and then you got bought out. That must've been fun. How old were you when you got bought out for your first business? Yeah, that was kind of crazy when we look back on it. I was 24 years old. It's something I started while in college. 
I partnered up with a independent professional photographer, successful in his own right independently, you know, had a few tens of thousand followers on Instagram, had a couple hundred sales on Etsy and other platforms. He sold his work, which was primarily landscape photography based as prints, wall art, canvases. Um, I kind of reached out to him just because I knew him just kind of going to high school together, never knew each other really in high school. Um, I'm just like, hey, I got some ideas. And we ended up kind of like workshopping for a while and just kind of getting some ideas together. But we ultimately developed a retail brand that was bigger than just him as an independent photographer. Because if you're on Instagram, you've, you've seen beautiful and countless photos, but there's hundreds of landscape and seascape photographers that are independent <laughs> to go by their name. Where we saw the opportunity where we create a brand that's bigger than John Villas, the brand of all of a sudden becomes, you know, something larger than this and an individual. It's more captivating if we can hit the right messaging at that point. Um, so that's how kind of No Art Gallery was born. It was a, essentially an online um, art gallery, photo gallery of landscape and cityscape photographs that could be purchased either on print, canvas, or metal print. Um, and what kind of really distinguished us, one thing I was really kind of the champion of was the, the messaging exhibit your story where we didn't just have um, particular photos from Times Square or the Eiffel Tower, but we also had 30 different neighborhoods in Baltimore, Maryland, where that resonates more than just a photo of, you know, the Eiffel Tower. If you actually lived in Baltimore, Maryland, or worked in Baltimore, Maryland, or met your wife in Baltimore, Maryland. And the really cool thing we were able to develop at the time, just from a really trend standpoint, was over 50% of our sales the individual customer shipping address selected a print and or canvas that was within 50 miles of like their actual shipping address. So there was a strong correlation with that exhibit your story messaging. And that number skyrockets over 60% when we looked at it within a hundred uh, miles. And then there was also strong correlations where, okay, this person's from here outside a hundred miles, but they're buying something in ocean city, Maryland, or, you know, Rehoboth beach. Cause it makes sense. People who live in, you know, the mid-Atlantic, these are vacation spots where they might be synonymous and have some kind of resonant meeting to them. So we were able to tap into the messaging in that regard in terms of the sales data kind of correlating, which was really awesome in hindsight, looking back on that journey. That's insane. Yeah, it was really fascinating, Phil, in that regard, where it's just like we kind of, we, I wouldn't say a home run, but, you know, we got on base and it brought some opportunities for us. That, yeah, that's at least a double. That's a double, if if anything, because not only did you successfully sell the business, but you grew it and you found so much data from that. Yes. So double in that regard, where it was able to open up some opportunities. Um, we signed a number of contracts to be a vendor on Wayfair, um, HomeDepot.com, Overstock.com, where essentially then we got on third. And I like to say we never really hit, a, got the home run or we ne never necessarily had an inside the park home run while I was there. Um, I got bought out by my former business partner before we kind of really hit the echelon at that point. Um, or they could have hit the echelon at that point. Um, business was just changing where him and I were just had different views on strategy and he essentially bought me out. But overall, the experience, really rewarding. We grew a business. We grew something where like a lot of entrepreneurs failed. I failed previously. Him and I worked on a few projects before launching Noir that like had little to no success. Well, that was 
really my first project in my entrepreneurial career where it's like we're getting recognition and we're making sales from it, which was really awesome. And then getting bought out and having opportunities from that. Um, it's really interesting in entrepreneurship in that regard where I don't know about you, Phil, and some of the guests in, that you've had previously in detail. I've seen and like listened to a few bits of episodes, but I feel like all entrepreneurs, we have a history of failing. Mm -hmm. And it's like at certain points, it's like how many times do you have to fail and learn from your failures where you build and get a win? So I feel like with Noah Gallery and going to the current venture I am now, Shiftback Consulting Group, that has allowed me to take those experiences from all of my entrepreneurial ventures combined to date and just kind of use that experiences to help other business owners out. Yeah. It's it, it that's the, uh, what I've learned and from interviewing so many entrepreneurs and actually doing it myself is the minute that you start you 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 have to be selfish at the beginning of your career of your entrepreneurial journey because you have to learn so much so you're trying to get as much things so that you can be like okay I've tested this market and then once you start giving it away like going to help others that's the most empowering thing you can do to get to that point yeah and that's where all your failures come in to show you it's an actual success yes and I'll just tell you a story just to kind of like for your viewers out there just kind of take it home that point a little bit more I remember when I started Shipout Consulting Group I actually before I went into starting my own practice I interviewed with a couple agencies because I, I bought out from my previous business partners like what do I do you know uh, I had a passion to work with business owners again, though, when I did it more on a part-time freelance capacity prior to going in all deep on the startup home furnishing business. And I had a couple of interviews and I wasn't feeling like, I don't want to work for somebody else. I was just working for myself for mm -hmm. you know, a period of like, it was three years full-time and then part-time while finishing up college. Um, so with that, I'm like, all right, started year one, freelance by myself, just kind of winging it. And it's like using all the typical marketing jargon that you see agencies use. So we build a clientele and build rapport, slowly build up a small team of like contractors and preferred partners that we use actually to this day on projects. And I don't think really it was filled until like year two, moving on year three, where I was like, I found the secret sauce, where in terms of resonating with like business owners, it's just in providing that value. It's okay. This is not for me. This is for you. If I can help you, you're going to help me in return. And what's going to help you the most? Yeah, it's one thing. We send a five to seven page analytics report every month to, you know, update you on our progress. But what really matters at the end of the day? It's your goals and how do you achieve them? So it, what's most resonates with a business owner's goals, especially a growing small business? Calls, contact forms, sales. And I started talking like that in the form of reporting our you know the work that we did with particular clients and in addition to the prospects on how like the relationship would work and i feel like i cracked the code in that regard once that became established they saw the value in what we were offering what we potentially you know create this vision and see it through with them if you know we partner up to work together i love it that's exactly what you need you need to partner together to mutual success Yep, yeah, that's and I will frame every relationship like that. Yes, we're working for you in some sense, but I view it more as we're working together to get you where you want to be. Yeah, because their success just gives you more success. Yep, yeah, it just you can get buy in in that regard. Yeah, that, that that's that's the biggest thing. When you know when you're working with someone and your success is just as important as theirs, 
that's when you know it's a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I want to know, going back to my questions, because I always have to ask this, why did you get started in entrepreneurship? Like, what, what was the drive? Because you mentioned your dad had his own business. Was, was he, were you always an entrepreneur, like, from a young age? Yes and no. I always had, like, this bug, I feel like, where I wanted to create and I wanted to do something on my own. Even dating back to a child, like, playing with Legos when I was, like, five or six years old. And I, I grew up in this environment, so I'm 28. I'm a young gun. I look 28 going on 38. That's why I tell older you know, professionals when I network with them. It's almost like a little boomer joke. They, they freaking love it when I say that. Um, but I, I am wise by my age, but I'm constantly learning. But just growing up, my dad had a, a bar the first 23 years of my life. He had a small business. He bought it in November of 1993, and I was born in January 1994. So literally the majority of my life, I was in a family business environment where I would hang out with him on Saturdays and then eventually I would, you know, help out with prep work and dishes and then start working part-time and like front of the house before um, I kind of left to do my own thing. And then when he had then ultimately sold it after the fact. Um, yeah. Cause he didn't have any free labor anymore. Well, I got paid very well. I can see why people are gravitated towards that industry when you can leave up a couple hundred bucks after a couple hours. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great thing. It's a great great industry to be in uh, when you're young because you have multiple sources of income right off the bat. <laughs> mm-hmm. But my first business venture, entrepreneurial, I didn't touch on it yet. I didn't kind of brief it with you, and you and I were kind of going back and forth on you asking me to come on here. Um, it was a t graphic t shirt company, which is so cringy in high, hindsight <laughs> because just through my experience, like with e-commerce, small business, the most difficult retail entity to get off the ground is apparel, point blank. Mm-hmm. It's just like you need to be really dialed in with your audience, branding, positioning to have any success. But this was like my junior, senior year of high school. I partnered up with like a childhood friend. We had, it's almost, Philip, I don't know where you're physically based out of. I'm based in Montreal, uh, Quebec, Canada. Right. I thought I knew it was Canada. I just didn't know what particular province in particular. But um, we have beaches in the Mid-Atlantic. That's where I'm from. But like these, like Ocean City in particular, they had these like beach shops with these really corny t-shirts. And that's pretty much what we did. Like moving into my senior year of high school, my first business partner, Devin, where we called it Swag Decor, which just makes me cringe in hindsight because I was just a goofy kid. Uh, that's such a high school name though. That's such a, like if you marketed it to high schooler, high schoolers, it would have sold like hotcakes. We saw, we sold a couple, but it was little to no success. Thank goodness. I had the hindsight. We did print, print on demand printing said we weren't stuck with a bunch of shirts. So that was me thinking strategically and lean in terms of operations, which is kind of funny in hindsight. Like I've always kind of had that, like also thinking cap in the back of my head. Um, What's funny, that was like kind of a failed venture. That was my first failed, first entrepreneurial venture. But one thing I do, I don't like to reminisce on the past too much, but I, I keep relics or nuggets of the past just to remind me where I came from, just to kind of keep me grounded. I have almost all the shirts that we produce and or released online in my closet to this day. And I do that intentionally just as a reminder. That's That's awesome. I love that. I love that you kept uh, a design of each of the shirts. So you can remind, remember the, the, the fun that you had on your first venture. Because it was fun because you were learning. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it was a, like a fun, creative outlet. I and mean, I feel like I've been able to kind of channel that into marketing ever since. At this like kind of like season of my life. 
But fun fact, and that's why I said yes and no originally about like this being entrepreneurial to your question. Um, I originally, late elementary school, middle school, and high school wanted to be almost like get into politics and be the president of the United States. I was going to about to go to college and major in political science my senior year of high school. But this had a total change of pace with like, I looked at like a mentor who was a former teacher that my parents and was like, to me, this is not practical. And I really want to do it. Like, I'm not really willing to stick it out. I rather like there's aspects of business to me that are extremely fascinating where like, mm -hmm. I don't know hundred percent what I want to do with it, but like, I want to go to school for it. At least like it's kind of sharpen my toolbox with it, whatever I might end up doing with it over time, whatever be entrepreneurial, you know, long-term or just like working for somebody. That was like my like, process when I made this like mental pivot and shift when I was like 18 years old, like 17, 18 years old. I love it. I love it. Um, so we talked about your, your successfully failed venture in high school and then you started, uh, noir. Uh, did you, was there anything between the, uh, the, the, the t-shirt biz to noir? In we had, so it's funny that you say that we had a, it was almost noir one. It was called decadence urban expressions, which was almost like taking stuff from like swag decor, making it a little more art and branded. This was with a professional photographer. Then we're like, no, scrap the apparel. This does not work. We're going all in on like what you're good at, John, photography. So, and it's kind of a, a lesson I kind of preach now, Phil. It's just like, I think the most success you could have as a business owner entrepreneur, especially starting off is you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. What you're best at is what you ought to focus on. Don't try to offer all these options to everybody when you're first getting started. Be known for one thing and be synonymous with it and be the best as possible within your kind of niche or audience. That's just like stuff that I've learned over time through myself. And then just like observing with clients over the past couple of years. It's like the ones who have more success are the ones who focus more on one or two core offers versus we do everything under the sun. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, no, no. Why be a why try to be a big fish in a, a big ocean when you can be a big fish in a small pond? Yep, and, uh, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, I like that, uh, and I, I am too. That's why I focus directly just on uh, podcast interviews, and I teach people how to make their podcasts even better with the interview style because that's what I'm best at. I love talking to people and learning about them. Um, Paul, favorite memory in your 28 year career as an entrepreneur? Now, I love how you say 28 career as an entrepreneur, because essentially it really is that when you have that spirit, it's almost innate um, in that regard. Um, probably my favorite moment, because it was just kind of really empowering, where we focus primarily on digital marketing, first and foremost mm -hmm. now. Um, it was really cool. I, I did a like a brand identity project a few years back with this uh, woman who was opening a salon where she just had an idea for the name. She had no idea what the concept was going to be. We walked her through that process just because I had a few mentors over the years in the branding space. Um, and we, all the recommendations we gave her in terms of like design work for your logo, how to apply it digitally, here's your business cards. She applied it to a T where even like the physical space of her salon looked like all the assets we designed for her digitally where she ran with it from start to finish. And to seeing that process come to life, what, from was just an idea was really rewarding, Phil. Um, I think another moment too, and this is kind of more on like this, like a personal level, it's the relationships you develop with people over time. 
when you see their growth and then they generally appreciate what you're providing for others. Getting yeah. that, getting those authentic comments and feedback, it, it's more than just the check or like the retainer payment every month. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the, the best when they come up to you and they're like, just thank you. And you see their success and you're like, this is not even what we planned on. It's bigger than we planned on. Yeah, and, the and it becomes more of a friendship than a, a client relationship. Yeah. And I, I have kind of a mantra. I, I really truly believe business is personal. Doesn't mean you have to be best friends with them, nor you should be. There should be boundaries with the people you work with and part mm -hmm. of it. But I think there's a personal element when it comes to long-term like business relationships. You get to know these people in some degree more than just, you know, very top line, like corporate wise, like transactional. Basically. Yeah, I have to fully agree. Since I've moved into the entrepreneurial space, the level of the level of connection is strange. I, I used to work in a corporate world uh, where it was very, everything was transactional. There was like, no one wanted to be too friendly or didn't want you to be friendly with the clients or anything like that. Whereas when you're an entrepreneur, you, you have to make it more friendly because you have to offer something more than just what everybody else is. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time too, especially from a client service standpoint, it's just, a lot of times people choose to work with me or other people just because of like the behavioral and or like aspect of how we think as individuals. It's just like, do I trust Paul or do I trust Kristen? Or like, am I comfortable with one or the other before I would assign the contract? Yeah, it, it's really is that. And I, I love this aspect because it's getting back to what we should be and less, less cold to everybody else and just happy uh, to work with everybody else. Um, Paul, I'm a voracious reader. I love reading books and my audience knows this. Um, and I have to ask every entrepreneur on the show because uh, without you guys, I probably wouldn't have any books on my shelf. But what is one book you recommend entrepreneurs read? I would say without a doubt, Solution Selling. It is an older book out there. You can find it on Amazon more than likely used or many rather known. Um, it is by Michael T. Bosworth, mm -hmm. where it's it's really fascinating. Where it talks about selling, but it's selling a solution rather more than selling just a product. It's, it really gets to the psychological points on why you need this product, you know, better you versus you just need this now. And it, it touches on like typically in like difficult markets, like like recessions or you know how to sell and like really position yourself that way. But where, what I really took from the book, Phil, was think about any difficult period, COVID or otherwise, or even when you're in the slump or one of your particular clients in the slump, that's not you know, even economic related. How can you present your offer in the more form of a solution to better them versus just like buy my program? Yeah. So that, it, it, that's what this book really touches on, where I feel like it, this has made me a better salesman and made me an overall better communicator with the people like I engage with. I love it. We all, we all need that in life, and I'm definitely going to be uh, putting that on my uh, Amazon uh, Kindle list so I can read that. Hopefully, it's, they have a Kindle version. If not, well, it's about 95 originally published. Okay. So maybe. We'll see. Well, regardless, it's I'm going to be buying it because that that is a book I definitely need. And who doesn't want to figure out how to sell better? You know, because once you learn how to sell better, then you get make more money and you can do more things with that time. You buy your freedom back. Mm -hmm. um, Paul, I'm going to jump off the screen for uh, the last like five minutes here. 
okay. please take all the time you want. Let my audience know where they can find you, how they can work with you, whatever you want to share with them. Uh, the last five minutes is always for my guests to uh, share their wisdom. So, sir, the floor is yours. Okay, I might not need five minutes because I like to keep things r- really to the point. Um, Phil, first off, thanks again for having me on your Invest in Yourself podcast. This has been a great experience and platform overall. Um, how to find me and why would it make sense to find Paul Schiffauer and Schiffauer Consulting Group? I'm not big on talking to myself in the, the third person, but it's just for these reasons I will. Um, if you're looking to grow your entrepreneurial venture or your small business, um, we're definitely the right partner for you. And I say that just because of what we've been able to achieve in terms of digital transformation for so many folks in different markets over time. Um, if you've hit a wall in your marketing, you feel like you're stressed thin, we are the go-to marketing extension for your business where we're not just an, we're not an employee per se, but we're a coach who's going to come in and really execute the strategy and help you implement what you need to do to kind of really fulfill your goals at the end of the day. And ultimately we love working with folks who really want to grow. Um, and ultimately that byproduct of that is making more money. And we're really good at that when it comes to like tracking analytics, whatever it be um, with your website and or Google and Facebook ad campaigns. And that being said, uh, feel free to check us out at shiftbauerconsultinggroup.com. Uh, Shiftbauer is spelled S-C-H-I-F-F. B-A-U-E-R, consultinggroup.com. Uh, feel free to email me at consult at paulshiftbauer.com. Um, and you can also find me individually on Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm very personal. Let's look up Paul Schiffbauer Jr. Uh, there's also my father floating around out there. He is Paul Schiffbauer Sr. Um, and then Instagram and Twitter, my handle is at youngmarketer, Y-U-N-G marketer um that being said it's been a great time phil i really appreciate the platform you are so welcome paul um so paul thank you again for being on the show sharing your knowledge with my audience i know they're appreciative of that um ladies and gentlemen uh, of the audience remember you can find all the links to paul's website his youtube uh, not his youtube his instagram his socials in the show notes down below um, again, I want to thank Paul for being an amazing guest here on Investing Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, and sharing his story and his tips with uh, my audience. Thanks again, Phil. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you again for uh, listening into this amazing episode. And remember to always invest in yourself. <laughs>